Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. It is Mike Schaefer, along with Michael Bruns. Brian Christofferson is off enjoying a much-needed vacation. He's likely up in Minnesota, where his 1992 cell phone will not have service. And uh, we don't want to bother him anyways. How many fish do you think BC has caught? It is now noon, or a little afternoon here on Tuesday. I bet he's already up to, to five fish. Oh, at least that. He's, he, he undersells his ability as a master angler. So I'm sure he's just been, you know, like those videos on YouTube where guys are just like, it's just like one after another, just reeling them into the boat. I, I think that's pretty much BC. Yeah, that, uh, I think that's fair. Um, I think that's fair. He once told me on, on my radio show a story about how he lost track of time in the boat. And he, he let it get a little dark on him, and he was with his mom, and they were fishing out in this lake. And uh, it got too dark, and they couldn't navigate their way back to where they needed to go. So he had to spend the night out on the boat. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm 100% serious. He's never, I, told, uh, he's never told me that story. No, yeah. He, um, it, was, it was in the middle of this fishing contest – and the dunking thing had just started, and Happer and I were discussing how neither one of us had fishing stories. And then we asked BC on the, on the radio what, uh, what his best fishing story is, thinking he would launch into the time that uh, he caught a, uh, a fish bigger than Nash Hutmacher. But no, he, he told us about getting, forcing more or less his, his mother and him to, to have to sleep on a boat overnight in the the lake that they're at in minnesota because it it got too dark he couldn't navigate his way through it he felt like it was a real failure on his part wow that's uh that's some some like castaway stuff like that like that's the the offshoot of that question we had last week about which nebraska player could get you off a desert island it's which one could get you back to shore (laughs) uh which one you want in the boat to navigate in case it gets dark the answer is still Damian Jackson, but um. yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> kind of the stock answer on a lot of those questions, I think. So, um, but yeah, that was, uh, that's where BC's at. Um, so it'll just be the two of us today. So you, you, that was a long lead in to what, what's been kind of a hell of a weekend for you weekend and start to the week. Um, you know, some life changing news for you that I think we can, briefly talk about I don't know that we want to really launch into it but uh tell us about what what you've what what's transpired for you the last couple of days yeah pretty pretty big news I think I got a set of four new tires for my vehicle and you can never underestimate dependability and safety of new tires I mean I I was the trend was pretty much gone on the other ones and I'm set to take a, a trip of my own driving and you, you just want to have a set of safe tires and, and it really gives you peace of mind and you're looking for that kind of long-term relationship. And I think I found that this weekend. You also got engaged. I mean, there, there's that too. Yeah. I mean, that was something. Um, yeah. But the tires, man, <laughs> the tires in the, in the, the short term and even the long term. The tires are a real game changer. Being engaged, I assume, is just like being in a relationship, uh, which I've been doing for a little while. So the tires is a start of a whole new relationship. And it's going to it's, it's have its moments, but uh, I can already tell we're handling turns very smoothly. 
Uh, I feel like we've gotten in and out of our break, and it's just been uh, been a good good start to the to the tire era. But yeah, I suppose that uh, I also did get engaged this weekend as well. Uh, you know, I I now am in the midst of of straight on wedding uh, wedding talk, wedding dates, wedding venues, churches, caterers, beverage consultants, uh, figuring out guest lists. If someone's aunt needs to, to actually be on the guest list, if no one's seen her in two years, uh, and by someone's aunt, neither Shelby or, or mine in this regard, you know, just, just general random stuff like that. So it, it's been a lot. Uh, it's been great. And, and I've said this before, but I, I really appreciate the support uh, from, from all sorts of people and, and, you know, obviously friends and family, but also on our Husker 24 seven message board, people have been, incredible sending me messages writing on the on the board post and uh, it's just been fantastic well congratulations on uh, what i'm sure was a momentous uh, weekend with your tires i'm sure it'll yeah. be uh that that was probably the more economical decision you made this weekend to be honest but uh um... <laughs> certainly the more fiscally <laughs> responsible decision that I should made. we uh with, with that out of the way should we talk about some other uh you know, things, some recruiting, maybe we, yeah, talk recruiting. we can talk about, we can talk about other commitments and other long-term relationships and uh, other people that have to wait to a very specific day uh, before they can, they turn from, uh, you know, a relationship into a family, so to speak. So we, no, we can get into that. How, how there's no flipping in your situation. I, I really hope there's not because I don't want to do this again. I, I just I, like, like the recruits that, that just want to be done with the process. I too <laughs> am excited to be done with the process. So uh, I fully, fully understand that. But yeah, one of the things uh, that you and I were talking about before the show that we, we kind of wanted to just dive into, Nebraska has 10 signees. Let's just kind of roll through those guys and, and just kind of remind some people who's in this class, what Nebraska has, what they're getting. Uh, what we like and, and where they still kind of need to go. And so we'll just kind of go right in order if we can. The first commitment in this class was actually R.J. Sorensen, who's no longer in this class. So he's not going to be discussed today. He's gone. He's not on the guest list for this podcast. But Teddy Prohaska is six foot eight, 280 pounds, kinda probably conservatively listed as such on our profile at 24-7 Sports. He is a four-star as rated by – 24-7 sports composite. What uh, what do you think of when you hear Teddy Prohaska and and know that he's part of Nebraska's class for 2021? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, as we go through this, I mean, you, you're going to see a lot of linebackers, a lot of offensive linemen. And, um, you know, I, I think when you kind of look at the, the prototype tackle, I mean, Teddy Prohaska checks a lot of boxes. I mean, the, he's long, he's athletic, he moves well. Um, and, and a guy that, you know, I, I think you see this with, with, with guys that, you know, in-state guys in Nebraska that commit early, his, his recruitment never kind of got off the ground because I think, you know, obviously Nebraska offered very early. I think there was a lot of reasons that he was going to end up at Nebraska. And I think that kind of kept a lot of people away, but I, I, I think he's a guy that you can build around. And we, we talked you know, last week after the Ezra Miller commitment about the way that Nebraska's rebuilt their offensive line room. And, you know, Teddy's just kind of the next piece of that. And Nebraska is getting 
taller uh, on the offensive line. They're getting, they're, they're adding more length and athleticism. And I, I think, you know, a kid that can move the way that he does, who plays basketball that, you know, has the frame to add good weight. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's a great, it, it was a great start to the class. And I, I think an important one, when you kind of look at the long-term continuation of rebuilding the pipeline and what Greg Austin wants to do there. Yeah, I, I think that he's going to be a really important guy, not just in this class, but really sort of in the direction of, as you said, with that offensive line, he really fits what they're trying to do. I, I really like talking to Matt Verzal about Teddy Prohaska too. That's who he works with uh, in terms of training. And he'll tell you that Teddy's really raw. He's a guy that has really had to, to kind of come into his own athletically He's had a great frame. He's always had a great frame. He has a willing desire to get better, but he's had to really sort of improve, and he's not the most refined player. And that Verzal is very excited about that uh, with Prohaska because it means there's a lot left that he can learn and there's a lot left that he can improve upon from a technical side of things. And they've made a few changes, both in his stance, getting out of that stance, maintaining the leverage, which is going to be key for a guy that's six foot eight. And then really kind of learning how to use your hands because even when you're that big, you can still really, you know, there's different ways you can throw those hand punches and you can generate different power beyond just the, the sheer size of being six foot eight. So there's a lot of growth left for Teddy Prohaska and I think a lot of excitement, at least locally, from those that have kind of worked with him. The next guy to commit was Henry Lutovsky, who did it on November 17th, 2019 believe that was the Wisconsin game or shortly after the Wisconsin game and a commitment that I'll just say this right now. He's one of my favorites in this class. I think he's going to be someone that by the end of this class probably won't appear on a whole lot of super sixes, but is someone that is going to have a fast track to playing at Nebraska pretty early in his career he moves really, really well for his size. I think his athleticism is pretty underrated. He's still shedding some weight. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets closer. If he and Prohaska meet in the middle, Prohaska's listed at 280, and he's listed at 320. And he just continues to, to kind of shed weight, add bulk. And he's, he's kind of been a leader in this class, too, in, in terms of reaching out to different guys and just being involved in peer recruitments. And uh, I, I think – Henry Lutovsky is going to end up being someone that is going to have a nice career with Nebraska and also fits as you, as you were talking about what Greg Austin has been doing with that offensive line. It, it's, you know, he's an interesting guy because he, he was a guy that Nebraska targeted really early on. Um, and, and you could kind of tell that the way that Nebraska was recruiting him really kind of out of the gates. Uh, you know, I, I think he was intrigued by Nebraska. I think they made him a real high priority and they were rewarded with the commitment. I mean, you look at the size, I, I, you know, like you said, I, I think you, you drop a little bit of weight out of high school. But, you know, the, the videos of him working out with, with some of those guys in Iowa, you're, you're right. He does move well, um, you know, for his size. And that's a good starting point, I think, uh, when you kind of start talking about uh, guards. I, I think he's got, you know, kind of the, he's got the mentality, I, I think, to be a really strong run blocker. And I, I just think he really fits what Nebraska was looking for. And it, it, it kind of goes to show you, too, that, you know, when, when Nebraska offers a kid early and, and they really want him, uh, you know, I, I think they've got kind of a good recipe there. And It seems like 
uh, in the last couple of classes, especially that 19 class, Nebraska would offensive tackle heavy, but I think Lutowski's the kind of guard that you can really kind of build around in the future. From there, Nebraska's next commitment came in January as they got Randolph Kapai, the outside linebacker, inside linebacker from Sioux Falls, Washington, terrific athlete, six foot three, hundred and eighty-five pounds. Probably the quietest commitment in this class, but also the guy that I fully expect uh, is going nowhere. I mean, he's very, very high on Nebraska. He chose Nebraska over other Midwest options uh, like Minnesota, like Wisconsin. He pretty much ended his recruitment before other schools like Notre Dame and other ones were going to get involved. And Oregon was interested. Uh, so he, he had a lot of different ways that he could go with it, but he really likes Barrett Rude. He likes the way that Nebraska's staff operates. He sees some similarities there between uh, the coaching he's been receiving at Sioux Falls, Washington with what is going on at Nebraska. And of course there's a little bit of a pipeline there with what started with Nate Gary and then you have the Farniox and now you're with Randolph Kapai. And this is a guy that, uh, again, going to probably take a little longer for him to, to fully make an impact. He's going to have to put some weight on. But I'll be very curious if he doesn't keep growing, if he's someone that could end up as either a really big inside linebacker with some speed or as a guy that ends up playing outside linebacker because he has so much athleticism. Yeah, the, the kind of question mark about where he plays is intriguing to me just because, uh, you know, you, you look at – like you said, I mean, we're listening to 6'3", 195. I mean, you see him, you know, add another inch and, you know, some more weight. I mean, he, he, he looks like he has the ability to play in space on his film. I still think, you know, he's still relatively new to the linebacker spot too. So he, he's one of those guys that I, I think Nebraska just kind of was able to, able to project maybe what he would look like uh, in a couple years and in, in kind of what he could develop into. and. Like you said, I mean, I, I think, you know, they, they leaned hard on him uh, with, you know, the fact that so many guys from that high school have come down to Nebraska and had success. And, uh, you know, kind of that versatility, too, makes him a, a, an interesting player because if, let's say, you you don't have some guys pan out at outside linebacker, he's maybe a guy you can slide over there and feel pretty good about his ability to, 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 to function out there. Absolutely. The next guy on this list is going to be the third offensive lineman, and that's Branson Yeager, Nebraska's first commitment out of Utah since Jared Apalava. Uh, if you remember him, Brunts, from the 2012 class. And he, oh, did, I remember. Not, he did not make an impact at Nebraska, uh, but he was a guy that they were really excited about at the time. Utah is a state that each staff, Polini staff wanted to recruit there. Mike Riley's staff wanted to recruit there. Scott Frost's staff wants to recruit there. And they're hoping to pull more guys in this 2021 class out of Utah. But for now, they have Branson Yeager out of Grantsville, six foot seven, 332 pounds, the biggest of the offensive linemen from sheer bulk and mass size, uh, probably the biggest project out of that group too. But Nebraska saw something here that made them want to offer very early and have really kind of been out in front. Uh, he committed at the end of April, but he basically said from the moment that offer came in, Nebraska was a school he was hyper-focused on. What, what, as you look at Branson Yeager, is there anything that differentiates him uh, from, from other guys? Or do you have any guess as to why Nebraska liked him so much to the fact that they may be done with offensive line recruiting in general because of Ezra Miller and Nordine Newelli 
and they have these three guys, but they they went with Branton Yeager, and they're very happy to shut things down. Yeah, I think they – you can correct me on this, but I think they saw somebody who, you know, is, is not – the size is obviously there. I think they probably saw somebody that, you know, with enough work with um, – with Zach Duvall and, and, you know, Dave Ellis and those guys, I think they, they probably believe that they can transform his body a little bit. I mean, a kid's that big, uh, you know, at the, at the high school level, uh, you probably have some work to do when, when you get to campus, um, you know, probably technique wise, a little bit of work there too, just because when you're, you're that big and he admitted this, I think in an interview with Brian that, you know, you, you kind of lean on guys a little bit. I mean, you, you don't have to be as, technically sound when yep. you're you know six seven three thirty so I, I i agree with you i mean i think of the the, the lineman in this class he's probably the, the most developmental uh prospect of, of the three but i, I think nebraska kind of liked the, the the clay that they saw with him and being able to to kind of mold him into what they want that offensive tackle spot is that fair i i think that's fair i i definitely think that they just view him as someone that has a rare frame and his athleticism is better, they think, than what you're going to see in terms of someone that's normally six, seven, three thirty. And I, I just think they're betting. They're betting on, on the development from Frank Verducci, who works a lot with those tackles. They're betting on uh, that. This could be a guy that at worst could be an inside guard for you at a, at a really high height, which is something we've seen at Nebraska before. That's not relatively new. Michael Lynn, similar type of player. And so, uh, I, I just think they really like the relationship there and they're, they're betting pretty heavily on, on their own development uh, in terms of, of what they like with his athleticism. So he, he Branson Yeager. Me, oh, go ahead. I say he strikes me too as a guy that, you know, if you kind of bring him in thinking that, okay, you know, we're, we're going to take a couple of years and really kind of bring him along, you know, with the way Nebraska's offensive tackles are right now, you kind of have that luxury. I mean, you, yep. you've got, you know, Brant Banks is a, a redshirt freshman uh Matt Anderson um you kind of Jimmy Fritchie I mean a lot of those guys are you know it'd be a couple of years ahead of him but you, you bring him along and, and he can kind of slide in next right behind those guys and I think that's kind of been what Greg Austin's really been trying to do is not only get guys in the program that fit what they want but also kind of line those guys up in a way where you don't have those gaps too and Brandon Yeager kind of kicked off a, a run of commitments really at the end of April and he was at that time the fifth guy in the class because Christopher Paul was committed, uh, but he recently decommitted from Nebraska. But following Branton Yeager, the Huskers picked up what I think to be one of the most intriguing, if not the most intriguing person in this class, in Patrick Payton. You talk to our analysts, Bronx at 24-7, they think Patrick Payton has a lot of raw ability, a lot of raw athleticism, and they love the idea of him being in a 3-4 defense at the next level. A lot of comparison from from a guy who both covers the Miami team and the Miami recruiting scene to Gregory Russo, who as a redshirt freshman, I believe, had 15 and a half sacks. If Nebraska got half of that from Patrick Payton in his first season, they would be ecstatic. He is a guy that uh, they're taking their shots on some outside linebackers. Patrick Payton was the first one to commit. What I, When you kind of look at him, I mean, do you see him – I guess when you watch his film, do you, do you see him able to play in space? I guess is what, what the kind of always comes down to for some of those outside linebackers, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to look like a fish out of water as he's trying to 
to, to cover a running back or if he has to play in space a little bit. But I do think he's going to make his bones as a pass rusher. I think that they're going to put him in situations uh, to, to just get after the quarterback. And usually when he's on the field in a third down situation, unless they're covering up a look or they're trying to disguise pressure from somewhere else, he's probably playing forward. But I, I do think he has the ability to play in space, but also someone that can add weight and can help in the run game at some point too. I mean, he's just got a good frame and, and you're going to hear us say that a lot in this class. I mean, this is, this is a class of frames is really what it is. Every single player in this class has a noteworthy frame all the way down to the running back, Gabe Irvin, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Nebraska wants to get bigger. One of the ways you do that is you recruit bigger athletes at the onset, and then you continue to get them working with Zach Duvall and you see kind of where things can go. But Patrick Payton, certainly a bigger guy uh, and, and has a frame that uh, will stand out. All right, the, well, are we at the midpoint? We are at the midpoint. We yeah. are we're absolutely at the midpoint. Five is the midpoint of ten. This will not be a mistake like that time we did a draft <laughs> and I just completely got it wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you live and you learn. You correct your mistakes. And here we are. We're at the midpoint of this one. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into guys like Sean Hardy and Gabe Irvin, Seth Malcolm, and get Brunson's thoughts on what Nebraska is doing there. And we'll probably finish up with a little bit of talk about what could be coming next for the Huskers with recruiting. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back. Brunts, we've run through five. Who is the next name on the list? Can you do it without having to consult the commitment list on 24-7 sports? Let's see, Pat Payton was last. That would be uh, it'd be Harburg, right? That is. That is one Heinrich Harburg. What, uh, what, what were your thoughts as, as this recruitment kind of played out? This is a guy that we heard about in December – that Nebraska brought in, like Avante Dickerson, before the end of the, uh, the first signing period for the 2020 class because they wanted to get him on campus before he went on Christmas break. They wanted to really build that relationship, even though they weren't going to offer all the way up until, uh, what, the end of April, beginning of May is when that offer came in. Mm-hmm. They wanted to get it started with Heinrich Harburg. What are your thoughts knowing how everything has played out at this point? Yeah, he, he seemed like a guy that was that- – that was as time passed, he became Nebraska's guy in this class. Like, you know, you, you had Peter Costelli out there, and I, I think you know Nebraska was kind of interested to see what he was going to do. But 
they've always liked uh, Henry Carberg. They, they love his athleticism. Um, and, and, you know, going back to a couple of years ago, Mario Verduzco told us that, that they love the, the first thing they look is for a guy who can run because they feel like the, the throwing part of it too um, can kind of take care of itself and they can figure that out. Uh, you know, I, I think Harburg's another guy who, if there was a normal spring, he didn't have the COVID stuff, I think he would have seen his profile rise quite a bit um, because you, 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 see him, you see him run, you see him throw, and you can see what Nebraska likes there. Um, you know, he's an athletic kid. He's a 10-8, uh, 10-8 runner, um, you know, the size 18 feet that are pretty well documented. But, uh, you know, I, I just think a guy that, you know, will will fit well into that room, a guy that you don't have to play right away and you can develop. And, you know, I I just – I remember going back to – it was – I want to say like February or so, there was a list of guys in Nebraska that wanted some of our national analysts to take off – to look at. And, uh, you know, for some of those guys, it was, you know, the the first time that they'd seen Harburg uh, in action and kind of saw some of his times and what he put together, and they were kind of blown away by him. Like they, they really liked uh, what they saw. So I think he's a guy that fits really well into that quarterback room for Nebraska. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot. I just – I like the athleticism, partly because if it doesn't work out or if you, you really hit on Logan Smothers or Luke McCaffrey, then you could move him to a different position, and I think he has the ability to just play college football. Again, another guy with a terrific frame. And the biggest of all the quarterbacks they've recruited, I'm – I'm very curious. I, I, you know, it'll be fun when we get to the spring of 2021 and you get the opportunity and you see what that quarterback room kind of looks like with what you assume would be senior year, Adrian Martinez, and then Luke McCaffrey, Logan Smothers, Heinrich Harburg. That's a lot of athleticism. I mean, that might be as athletic as a quarterback room as Nebraska's had. And they've certainly been recruiting this style of quarterback even before this staff had even been here, but that, those are guys that, you know, ran track. Those are guys that are quick. Uh, and it, it just – it gives you a real glimpse, as you kind of said, with Mario Verduzco, uh, what they're looking back uh, looking for with quarterback. So if Heinrich Harburg was kind of an expected commitment as soon as he got that offer, this would qualify as one of the few unexpected commitments in the class. Nebraska on a Friday afternoon picked up Sean Hardy from Georgia, from Camden County, Georgia. A six foot three, hundred ninety pound wide receiver. What do you know about Sean Hardy, and what do you think this says about Nebraska's efforts for recruiting wide receivers? That they really seem to be going after guys that are the you know quote unquote big body type. Well, they you know the six three one ninety stands out. I mean that that's what, what catches your attention immediately. Uh, you know Nebraska did need to get bigger at wide receiver. There's no denying that if you look at kind of what they were recruiting the last couple classes, uh, you know, versus the, the 2020 class and kind of what they've targeted in 2021. Uh, he's correct. He's the one that uh, he plays soccer too, right? Yeah, he does. He does. I mean, he's their backup punter. He basically just an all around athlete. No, yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, I, I think when you kind of combine that with the size, uh, it's, there's a lot to like there. And, I do think that, you know, when you look at the, the way Nebraska was kind of lining guys up and, and the swing passes that they were throwing and the way that, you know, those were or weren't being blocked well by some of the smaller wide receivers, 
I, I think that's where it benefits you to have some size uh, to match up with some of those bigger corners too. I mean, you, as much as it is, you know, corners needing to match up with you, uh, you need guys that can get out there and block on the perimeter and make plays up in the air. And I, I think it's a little bit easier to do that at 6'3", 190 than it is to some of the guys that were playing for Nebraska last season. Definitely, definitely agree there. All right. As we continue to move down the list, I believe the next commitment that followed that one, Sean Hardy was on the 29th of May. There's a little bit of a gap between when Harburg and Sean Hardy committed. The next one is Seth Malcolm. And he is – oh, go ahead. I said give me the breakdown on him. You've kind of – On Malcolm? Yeah, you've been deferring to me a little bit. I want to hear what you think of Seth Malcolm because, you know, he's an eight-man guy. And uh, how, what does Nebraska see as his future, I guess? Well, Nebraska definitely sees him as an inside linebacker. They, they like the size that he can play with there. They like the speed. They think he can flow from sideline to sideline while also being able to play north-south. I think they also really like that he was a running back for his uh, eight-man team, and he's a really good one, really productive one. I mean, he's just a – He's in a situation where he's a, a kid at a school where he's an absolute workhorse. Uh, talked with Derek Martin from KMA, the, the radio station that covers that area. and You know, he's their sports guy over there. And he's seen Seth Malcolm play several times and, and feels like this is probably one of the best, if not the best, eight-man players to come out of that area in a while. And thinks that he's going to translate really well to 11-man football and, and really understands and sees why Nebraska loves the athleticism on the defensive end, but from an interior spot where he's probably going to be quicker than your average linebacker, but he's still got that size, 6'3", 195. You think about it, by the time he gets on the field for Nebraska, he could end up being 6'3 and a half, close to 6'4". There's still a little height left there. And right around 235, 240. That's the kind of frame and, and weight that Nebraska thinks that they can get from an inside linebacker that, oh, by the way, they feel like can cover a running back in the flats. And so we talk about being able to play in space for the outside linebackers. Some of it is that we've seen with Nebraska, a real transition, I think, that started in second year under Scott Frost is finding these inside linebackers that can play in space too. I mean, you look at Keyshawn Green, Etavamalga Clements. Now you have Randolph Kapai and Seth Malcolm. There's little question to me that Nebraska wants guys that can play north-south, yes, but also can play east-west that can cover in a pinch. I mean, we know they like their base package, and so you have to have linebackers in that position that can cover the inside part of the field, whether that's the tight end, whether that's the running backs, whether that's a slot-wide receiver. And Seth Malcolm kind of fits that blend a little bit. And so he's, he's a development guy, and I know that there's not a lot of people as high on him uh, outside of this program. Uh, in terms of the fan base, but this is someone that they've recruited for a long time. I, I think Nebraska's done a nice job on their evaluation here, and they they really have really researched it. This isn't, you know, a guy they're adding at the end of a cycle. This is someone that they had visiting very, very early. I mean, I distinctly recall him visiting last spring and being told, keep an eye on that one. That's a guy in Iowa we really want. So here they are, and they have them. And I think that Steph Malcolm is going to be kind of a key cog of, of what they have in the future at that inside linebacker room. You Kind of going on that linebacker theme, the next guy is Will Schweitzer uh, out of California. Talk a bit about him, and then also just 
sum up that line. I mean, this is a linebacker heavy class and they, it needed to be, but I mean, what, what do you kind of see as, as the potential for this group long-term? Cause it seems like they've got some pretty intriguing guys that kind of fit that developmental type. Yeah. I mean, Will Schweitzer just sort of fits everything that, that has been described to Patrick Payton uh, and, and a little bit Seth Malcolm and Randolph Kapai because you talk to Brandon Huffman, this is a guy that could also beef up and play inside linebacker, retain that athleticism, be able to play in space that way. But the the benefit or what you think you're getting is a, a potential strong pass rusher here. And so I, I think that they like uh, what Schweitzer brings to the table in terms of the versatility, that they're going to kind of put him at outside to start with, but he could end up as an inside linebacker. I think that this is – uh, a really unique recruiting win. I mean, they've tried to recruit the Bay. Uh, they they want to find some of these three, four guys that you look at where Wisconsin's had some success, finding what we would consider to be tweeners because they don't necessarily seem like defensive linemen and they don't necessarily seem like four, three uh, outside linebackers. And so they've had some success with finding guys like that. And Will Schweitzer might be someone who kind of fits that mold. And so he's just another example of, they're really going for – they want quality, obviously. But in this class, really feels like a, an effort to find quantity. And if you can get three of these guys for each inside linebacker and outside linebacker spot and you hit on two of the three, then that's going to give you a deeper linebacker room as you move forward. And they like a lot of the pieces they already have, whether it's inside uh, with Nick Henrich and Keyshawn Green or whether it's outside uh, with guys like Garrett Nelson and Blaze Gunnarsson, Caleb Tanner – and then uh, Nico Cooper, Jamari Butler. So I, I really think it's a little bit of the, the old numbers game that we talk about with recruiting is that they find enough guys that kind of fit the prototype of what they're trying to do, and you're hoping to get three of them that, that really sort of develop out of five and, and go from there. You're playing the 60% ratio is really what recruiting comes down to sometimes. They're, they're, they're volume shooting basically with the position. Recruiting is always volume shooting unless you're Ohio State and then you get volume shooting combined with, uh, you know, you're playing one foot from the rim and you're, you're not – you're shooting against air. Yeah. So that's nine. Number ten. Number ten is Gabe Irvin. Gabe Irvin, the six-foot, 200-pound running back committed last week out of Buford High in Buford, Georgia. Uh, I like this kid's film a lot. I thought for a long time Nebraska needed to add a linebacker – or excuse me linebacker they've added linebackers so much that's what I call everybody in this class they needed to add a running back uh to to their 2020 group they're not going to do it but for 2021 I, I like the idea of taking a Gabe Bourbon, putting him with Marvin Scott Sevion Morrison Ramir Johnson we'll see what Ronald Tompkins is for him or John Bivens or some of those other options but Gabe Bourbon, uh his highlights stand out to me as is just a very competent running back that runs away at the end of the run while also being able to play through the tackles. I mean, I, I like guys that in high school you see can play power football, and that's what Gabe Irvin can do at that size. We know Steve Wilfong likes him a lot. We anticipate he's going to be re-rated. There's a chance he could be a four-star by the time this is all said and done, uh, but we'll see kind of where that goes. But a nice addition for Nebraska at the, uh, the middle of last week. A change of pace, too, from, from what they have. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's, that's really important. I mean, I, I, and I feel like I've harped on this a bunch, and Brent's is probably going to be rolling his eyes, but I really think that through the last two years, Nebraska's looked like their best when that power running game has been established, and that opens up the rest of this offense. I think if you give 
Adrian Martinez, a power running game with Diedrich Mills in, in 2020, you're going to see a better version of Adrian Martinez. It took them too long to be able to play downhill last year, and then they were finally able to do it. And lo and behold, their offense was better for the most part in November than it was at any other portion of the year. So uh, I, I think that's a, a big part of what we're going to see. And that starts with the running back, of course, but the offensive line is an important piece there. And having wide receivers that can block for you on the outside and their threats in the receiving game is important too. But I, I really, really think that, you know, guys like Gabe Irvin are the future of, of what Nebraska wants in terms of this offense. You have that power component, and then you just hit with Sevion Morrison and Ramirez Johnson and the Wandale Robinsons and the, the William Nixons. That's where those big plays are going to be incorporated what teams get so worried about having to stop the traditional power running attack. Uh, and we haven't seen this offense on all cylinders much, but it's there. It can be done. Did the, so Nebraska is getting ready to transition into July. They have a – the dead period has been extended essentially till September. Uh, the dead period has been extended forever. Yeah, it's just just dead. Um what what does the next month look like for Nebraska recruiting wise and, and the extension of that dead period with no visits in, in August officially, what, what does that do for Nebraska's class going forward? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing here is that Nebraska is going to continue to, to recruit and put this class together and they're operating on the idea that visits aren't a given in the season. Uh, that's why I think you're seeing kind of a, a stronger effort to maybe get, some commitments on the front side of the senior season with guys like Christian Burkhalter and Latrell Neville, two people I'm projecting to end up in this class, two guys that could be committed by the time, you know, I come back from vacation here in a week or so. So I, I look at, uh, I look at this situation as a good one for Nebraska. I think they have, they have some guys that they feel like they're pretty close with. Uh, they have some guys that really want to be able to take visits, but the reality being if those visits can't happen, then these players are going to start to lock in some spots. And, and I think Nebraska has situated itself well. They've adjusted their strategy. This isn't what they want to do. They want these guys to be able to have all the information and to take visits and to establish that relationship in person on campus. But in the lieu of not being able to do that, I think they've really adjusted nicely. And we've kind of seen things pick up on their end because of it. And I don't see any sign of that stopping in the month of July, even though there's going to be no visitors coming to campus. Well, there you go. There you go. Those are the words of one Michael Bruns when he's impressed with Mike Schaefer. <laughs> wow. Wow. More impressed I mean, than when I – Those those aren't the words. More you know what's impressive, Bruns? Four tires. new tires on your vehicle. <laughs> That's it's new, impressive. It's a new tread. That's impressive. We better talk to CBS about getting some tire sponsors. Yeah. We can do some tire talk. You know who's got good tires? Gabe Urban. Gabe Urban's got good tires. Not a lot of tread on those tires. We uh, we can get some soup. We get some soup uh, sponsorships, maybe some sock sponsorships and some tire sponsorships. It's all the the boring things in life that uh, you don't really want, but you kind of need. Yeah, well, that is that is a Husker twenty four seven podcast motto right there. The boring stuff in life that you don't really want, but you need. Yep, there you go. We should get a banner made and hang that in the background of our sense defunct video chats. We're the, we're the oval team of podcasts. <laughs> oh man. Uh, is that better than being the tang of podcasts? Yes. Yes. Get us uh, out of here. 
All right. Well, when we're talking Ovaltine and Tang, we've hung on a little too long. Uh, but be sure to check out the Husker 24-7 site. If you listen to this today, the very last day of June, uh, we've got a deal going on the site right now. You can get, I believe, Brunts, correct me if I'm wrong, but 50% off of an annual subscription. That is a hell of a deal. Ends we today. Think, Ends today. We don't know if you're going to get this good of a deal before the start of the season and certainly not during the season. You might have to wait until after the season or even 2021. So if you want to save some money, be sure to hit up that annual uh, deal that we got going. It's on our website at Husker 24-7 right now. We'll have other recruiting things. We hit on top five targets for the defense. We'll hit on five more for the offense as well. Brunson and I will be back with another podcast this week. We'll catch you then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.